welcome, welcome to another edition of the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we're back on the What If coverage. I am your host, Jay Christie, filling in for Anthony Canton III, who is currently celebrating his brother, uh, Raphael's birthday. Happy birthday, Raphael. But I'm filling in for him, and I'm joined, as always, by the other co-host, Jerome Chang. Jerome, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Happy birthday, Raph. Absolutely. And also, we're joined by a special guest, friend of the show, um, you know, someone that we love having on, even if she doesn't have to step in for AC, <laughs> the one, the only, <laughs> Stephanie Williams. Hey, y'all. So, as I mentioned, we're talking about What If, Episode 8. Um, I feel like this episode was, in a lot of ways, what people were looking for in the series as a whole, in that it felt like it was very consequential. Um, Jerome, when you watched it, what was your first reaction? Um, yeah, like, I, I think it was a really fun episode. Uh, I think, you know, for those who didn't like Age of Ultron, um, you got to see Ultron actually Ultron, <laughs> which was great. And uh, I think there's also, yeah, like in terms of the series itself, it felt like the culmination. And um, I'm, I'm still, I'm not quite sure where I sit in terms of like, does this justify all the buildup for the last couple of episodes? Um, I, I enjoyed this episode in particular, but uh, I will still kind of like sit on the, not too crazy about the series in general. I agree. And Steph, how did you feel about, uh, about, I try to come up with a pun of like the, uh, the rage of Ultron instead of Age of Ultron, but that doesn't really work. Um, similar to Jerome, like, you know, this is what I like from Ultron and being relentless and very um, scary in this way, but also like on the, the series on the whole, this did not, like win me into like oh yeah I really love this series I'm still very middle of the fence with it yeah I I thought I thought the episode itself was really strong and I felt like it was like both fun but also very had a lot of stakes like it wasn't Mm -hmm. dour but it also um managed to like I think that the the, the good choice they made was they kind of gave you the background of what happened in like flashbacks and stuff but they mostly picked like a day over time, you know? Like, they showed yeah. flashes of Ultron killing all the other planets, but most of it was contained to, like, a short period of time. And I think that that was a smart choice, that they didn't have a lot of the yada yadaing that the other episodes had. They kind of gave you, like, they told you what happened before, and they told you what happened after, and then they had the story in the middle, rather than, like, just jumping around between vignettes trying to fill in the, the gaps with, you know, montages. Um, but I think that what this episode made me realize is that, well, I like the idea generally of having what if be a bunch of different stories i wish that like even if it was like small stuff um almost like that season of breaking bad where every episode begins with like pieces of like debris in a pool and then at the end of the season you see the fire crash happen i wish that there was like little snippets of the ultron thing happening throughout the series because then it would feel like this was all culminating to it because the way that people like that they were advertising this episode it's like now you see like what this you know the series has been about it's like i feel like this is a problem that was just created in episode eight and then it's going to be solved in episode nine, you know? Um, but yeah, I, Steph, how do you feel about the way that they integrated having a overarching like plot? Not, uh, didn't do a really great job of it. Um, because like the very beginning feels very anthology esque. And then 
as we get to like the second half so what like after the sixth episode then it starts to feel a little bit more connected um and I don't know like I think to your point like have they done the thing where you see snippets of this is how we got here then that would fit better because actually at the end of the last episode episode seven Ultron just kind of shows up I'm like what the like what like what like it felt very after the fact um which going into this episode also kind of felt very yeah so we're just going to do this thing um and it's been very and even like I did a like a rewatch from episode one over the weekend and I was trying like trying to find the through line and the thread and like it's just really not there like Thanos gets killed he's mm-hmm. cut in half he just shows up really easily <laughs> yeah. really really up. easily that I mean like that is a really good example of you know anything is possible in the multiverse and but I'm just like then what matters like yes what like what are the power levels like they we've dedicated what 20 plus movies for this one big bad in Thanos and then like in other situations can be just chopped in half like that and um and I like I get in the world it makes sense and like you know he has the gauntlet all that is going on oh actually no he only has the mind stone at that point right yeah and and Thanos has like the rest of the stones and there's just this level of like it it works well for the shock of the moment like whoa they got Thanos just like that but then it's kind like I don't know it's weird it just it's hard to frame anything else at that point where it's just like all bets are off constantly so there's like it's a mix from me of just like oh the stakes are being raised that's pretty cool but also at the same time then like everything that we've built and invested in like why does it really matter like th- this is a more of a dramatic take on it but there is some level of just what like what, what are we trying like, to ground this yeah what if i think that the thing i was disappointed about with it was like obviously the thing that he kills him so quickly is like there's problems with that but i feel like narratively you lose a lot of the interesting stuff about ultron getting the infinity gauntlet by basically him just stealing it off of someone else you know what i mean like it's yeah. like if on halloween you have like a handful of candy and then you steal someone else's entire candy bag and then come home and say i got all this candy like no you didn't like that's actually just that's not as narratively interesting as seeing you run from house to house to get a lot of candy um and so like it just i wish that they had had because i remember someone asked last week who is ultron gonna sacrifice for the soul stone which is while i really like this episode that is a more interesting question than anything that happened in this episode and i feel like they kind of just like screwed themselves out of something very interesting by him just, t- like, he stumbles upon the Infinity Gauntlet, which is, like, that's that's the thing that actually disappointed me more than the quick kill. The quick kill is just, like, that's, I think, just bad, under- yeah. like, not being clear. But from a narrative standpoint, it's like, oh, why would you just take away all the interesting stuff that's there? And um, then not replace it with anything. Exactly. Because yeah. I would have been forgiving of that if it would have been replaced with something else, but they didn't even do that. Exactly. Um, But I think the thing that, I I think was good about this episode was that it had a good balance of the terrestrial character bound stuff mm-hmm. and the wide scoping stuff and I think that like without the Natasha and Clint stuff as much as we clown on those characters I think you need their reality in order to ground the episode and not make it feel like just the watcher telling you and then Ultron killed this and did this and this and this and this and this and so I felt like that was a really smart thing to take characters that like were not 
really we're not we don't think that they're gonna like somehow kill all of Ultron's robots, but it gave us something to follow while we were kind of being told the backstory of what happened with Ultron. Yeah. Um, Jerome, how did you feel about uh all the time we got to spend with everyone's favorite character, Clint Barton? Um honestly I had nothing against it. It it's like nothing egregious about it. He was there. He had a robot arm. That was cool. Um, yeah. I I didn't quite understand how they were the only ones that survived any of this. Uh, I I don't know. I <laughs> there there is a thing that is like generally happening, and I like I don't I don't want to become constantly a larger conversation about the what if series, but I think because of how it bounces all over the place and it doesn't quite make like a lot of sense in so many cases it makes it hard for me to be like critical or like thinking critically about what's going on so when you ask me something like how do I feel about Hawkeye I was like I don't know he's there like everyone else is and I'm gonna see what he's doing um I would but yeah like I would say the only interesting part or interesting character of this whole thing was the watcher if anything yes right so um I like while we see the Clint and like Hawkeye stuff going on it's only really interesting when Hawkeye is like not looking for the thing that they're supposed to be looking for when it's the watcher reacting to what's going on to all of that and so to that end I'm sorry I'm like not even answering your question like no Clint's I was fine. teeing you up just to, to make fun of Hawkeye and you could yeah do whatever you want I th- that's I think that's what's even unfortunate about it so much doesn't really happen with Hawkeye that I don't yeah. even have much to make fun of him for. And the thing is, I actually feel like of all the enemies they've ever fought, I think like an army of flying robots that fly directly at you are something that Hawkeye actually is kind of uniquely suited to take care of. Sure. Like he actually, like arrows actually, like arrows that like can expand and explode and stuff are not that bad of weapons, so it doesn't feel that crazy. But, I'll tell um, you one thing, like sacrificing Hawkeye or Black Widow like and reversing that, zero effect. Like I was just like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, well, everyone else seems to be dead already, so there's not even like any mm. kind of sacrifice feeling. It's just like, oh, I guess it's Black Widow that gets to move on in this universe. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Steph, how did you feel about like the side plot of them, uh, you know, making their way to Siberia somehow, somehow chartering a, or getting getting a jet that isn't overrun by Ultron? Um. Okay. <laughs> you know, Nat and Clint going on like another little. Um, mission that we are going to see because we haven't seen the one that they've always talked about we've yet to see that one even in the what if budapest we like they haven't seen that um and it was just kind of like okay so we're we're using this to drive the story forward um i think the more interesting thing i wish that they would have leaned a little more into um is the watcher and the fact that he's done absolutely nothing um the entire time he's been watching everything happen like I don't know, like, I, I, like I just wish they would have set up more earlier on for me to even care enough for that because I feel like I should have really cared about that when Ultron is when like, the moment happens. There. With that, yes, but yeah, even then, um, like I hate to say this, like this episode, even when I was trying to actively watch it, it was still very a passive watch because they didn't give mm. me enough to grab onto to, like you said, Jerome, think critically. I think, so, I, sorry, I, Jake, couldn't no, answer no, no. your question. Yeah, please, no, no, no. Jake. No, I, I, don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I think the thing that they didn't introduce early on, which I think is the thing that's interesting about the series, but I think this is all just coming from the audience, and then it's introduced in episode eight, is 
the watcher's position, they in the opening thing where he says, I just, I watch, I can't, all I do is watch, I don't interfere, that's kind of seen as like a matter-of-fact thing, when like that actually is the moral tension of the show. And like, right. I don't really, I don't like how it takes until this episode really for you to question it that like it's treated like it's actually not a bad thing for him to do when it's a bad thing the entire time like it's never yeah. like, like the kind of the the I, I think that they kind of want to avoid like it just was not as narratively satisfying a turn to see him interfere well like the, the, confronted with whether or not he should interfere when the show up until then is like all the other bad shit you saw it was perfectly fine for him to not interfere like the episode's on his side when Doctor Strange destroys an entire universe right. and it's like really like I think that he probably should have interfered in that <laughs> or, yeah. or like at least create the tension in that moment of him just being like maybe this should have been a point for me to like mm -hmm. there was no point of yeah, exactly. regret at any moment which is exactly what you just said it just um and then, like, now the more that we talk about it, it's just, like, it's the only new character we're introduced to in this series. Mm -hmm. Like, every other character is a new version of themselves, sure, but we have, like, an, like they're all established. And it's not even, we can't even treat it in the way that we look at, like, a Loki or a WandaVision or a Falcon Winter Soldier in that we are getting new angles to the same character because we're meant to believe, like, these are alternate versions in a different universe. So while they may ha share some sort of, like, core values or core parts to them um the circumstances are completely different so it's like we we accept the detachment we're not saying like this is an ongoing continuation of their arc or this is not building on their existing character this is just an alternate reality whereas this is like one character that is consistent that we can carry through and treat solely as itself and the one moment that they have anything active is right now Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that did I did like about the episode was the fight between Ultron and uh, the Watcher. I felt like mm -hmm. that was oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've we've complained in the past that they don't do a lot of stuff that you can only do in animation. It kind of feels like they're wasting the form, and that definitely felt like something that was obviously only possible through animation. Um, it, also, like know. the Captain Marvel stuff, and there's yeah. like Captain Marvel consistently Agreed. throughout the yeah. series. Yeah. Oh my god, I yeah. forgot. Jesus Christ! Like yeah. I just, <laughs> I legitimately forgot that she had showed up. But like that was a fun part um, right. too. Wow. Yeah, the fighting in this episode was really good. Um, yeah. I think because it was like it was so contained to, uh, like the stuff with Ultron because it was characters that really could match him in some way. Uh -huh. That it, it felt a lot like you know. Maybe not directly, and I didn't haven't watched the show probably in fifteen years, but a lot like you know Dragon Ball Z type stuff. I was is, gonna say it's like that. Yeah, like I was actually gonna make the same connection yeah. too, especially when they go like tit for tat, just like kind of magic powers going back and forth. But the other thing that like is also kind of the frustration of like something like a Dragon Ball Z or any of that type of like manga or anime mm -hmm. is that it's just a constant escalation. Like, mm -hmm. so there isn't. Like every time you're thinking like this is the most powerful you can get, mm -hmm. there's always a new level you can get to. And while it can be exciting, um, I think in the established terms that we try to make the MCU and like how we try to like blow it up further and further, it's just not everyone can come along with that. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like what two or three powerful beings, and then everyone else in the universe is Krillin, I guess, to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Rest um, in peace several times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, that that is true. And I it obviously is not that much of a problem in, like, a short setting like this. But I think that that is obviously, like, the whole shebang when you introduce, uh, you know, any sort of celestial being like the Watcher. Um, now, how do you feel about that? Because I've been sitting on this for a while, and this is probably the episode he is in the most. 
I think his character design, he just looks too much like a big baby. Um, and I think <laughs> that that's kind of a problem. <laughs> yes, and I don't know how does. everyone feels about that. Like, he doesn't look like a bald man. He looks like a baby's head on a person. It, I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a demonic baby. Essentially. Yeah. So and... do you guys think that they'll bring the Watcher, Jeffrey Wright, as the Watcher into live action at any point? Has to, right? Because I don't know why to. else you'd make the Watcher a light-skinned black man, right? Or is he that <laughs> right. no, be, no, I'm not joking. Right, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, I, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's got to happen. Like, what else? Because that's the thing. Like, we're supposed to treat this like this is canon. This is a part yeah. of the MCU. This yeah. isn't, like, a division on the side. So yeah. that means it has to, and the way they're building it up, especially mm-hmm. in this last episode, is we're supposed to enter it. Like, I remember seeing a couple of tweets where they're just, like, what if like the end of this season is like cuts to a live action and like we're now in the real world again and people are like really excited about that and uh i think it's a cool idea but in terms of the execution so far it's just like i don't know it feels like we're just introducing a lot of messiness right now so um like i say that and it's gonna work out just fine, I know. But well, yeah, I think it's because gonna pick and choose what works and what doesn't to bring to live action. Like I right. think that, like you know, they, there have obviously been a lot of rumors about Captain Carter being in live action, and I think that that is something that just works fine. Like I don't sure. think that that's something I have an interpretation about. Um, and, and I, I don't know. I think that uh, it's one of those wait and see type things. Um, because you know, like the different types, the different versions of characters they've come up with, I think are mostly pretty good. At least in terms of as themselves, like as a interesting idea to bring in. Um, like so, I think that there are definitely different things they could bring in, and I, I just trust them to be smart about it. Um, and I think that people always are going to assume that things are more connected than they uh, otherwise are. And speaking of which, I have a theory that a good friend of mine, former guest of the show, Malik Marshall, texted me a long, long, long paragraph about, and so. I just need to run by you guys because you're smarter than me. He said that the bit where Ultron eats, clearly seen eating like a galaxy or whatever, or a universe, that he says, do you think that that means that in some way Ultron is this universe's version of Galactus? Or like, is he going to be the, is he going to become like Galactus? I, I mean, the imagery there really like made you think it was Galactus. Um, I, the only reason why I would say no is because it's the MCU, and why would the MCU not have Galactus? Yeah, that part. I, I, right I, it's, just, it's just more like that. It's just like, unless like they didn't have the rights to the character, which they do, mm-hmm. there, there's just no reason why you'd make like it's too big of a character. It's not like the kind of thing where like you're able to combine like smaller characters and adopt their traits into one, like which we've seen in some cases already. Like this is it's too iconic to replace into another. Yeah. yeah I, I was just, I wanted to throw that by because I think the imagery is very clearly like that. Um, Completely. Yeah, yeah. When it happened, you watch it and you're just like, Oh, he's galactusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is he galactusing? Right now? Mm-hmm. And it is also like, where is that universe? Like, where's the galaxy or universe he's eating going? We know what happens when vision swallows gum, you know? Um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that the thing that I, my actually biggest problem with this episode, which I liked a lot, was I think of all the episodes, I actually think that this one was the one that suffered the most from not having the actual voice actor in it. I think mm. that not having James Spader, because Ultron really was never that menacing in this episode. Because it, it just, like, there's just something about having, and this is, I think, a me problem, but there's just, 
the reason I think people cast movie stars and things is because having a movie star voice come out of a character makes you treat the character more seriously. And when it's just like, this guy sounds like he's trying to do James Spader as Ultron, and it just never quite was is as intimidating as Ultron is in Avengers Age Ultron, which I think he very much is. You know what? Even if they would have had, um, oh my god, um, Paul Bettany. Yeah, Paul Bettany. Like, mm-hmm. if I just would have got a more sinister Paul Bettany, I would have probably, you know, I think that would have worked a little bit more than the James Spader impersonation. Because that's what I assumed we were going to get. Because I hadn't even watched any of like the, the little trailers or anything like that. So, because when you see the image, you just assume. <laughs> It looks yeah, weird. I just assume. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks weird, and I was like, yeah, so we're just gonna get a very evil Paul Bettany, and we didn't get that. And I was like, I mean, oh, canonically, okay. it would make sense. It would not make sense for him to have Paul Bettany's voice, but I still, they could have justified it if they wanted to. They could have been like, he yeah. consumed Jarvis and took his voice. Like that actually would have been a problem. But yeah, I feel like I feel the same way that about all these voices that there's a way in which having people try to do impersonations of the actual voice takes you further away from an actual character because performing as a character is different than performing an impersonation um and so like i almost rather them have like a heavy hitter voice actor do a completely different ultron voice honestly like that would feel uh because it, it just wouldn't feel like a decent james fader impersonation um but uh some other things to talk about with this episode we get the return of arnim zola um I didn't think that uh, he'd be making an appearance. Uh, how did you feel, uh, Jerome, to see uh, your favorite guy in the computer that's not Clippy? <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, no, I, I actually like the character. Uh, I think he, um, Arnie just has so much fun in being a villain and just having like a mocking computer involved in it like is a nice escape. Uh, I like the conceit that somehow he would be strong enough to like take over and control this situation um which like even then it's just like uh we're talking about like not understanding levels of power like levels of hacking ability i guess or programming like who's the strongest programmer that would be able to pull this off um it was it felt it felt felt like a stretch like even though like he operated under uh like undercover and infiltrated shield like that's one thing but like to infiltrate and outdo a mind stone seems like a a reach at that point Mm -hmm. uh but again like it seemed like it was legit because the watchers like this is it this is what's gonna like actually undo everything and so um it's almost just like it it's a good thing that you know uh mega powered uh Ultron was able to break out of reality so we couldn't see that work out because like honestly again it didn't seem like it would make sense but the character acting was fun I my favorite part of it was when they turned him on and he was like monologuing in like a pre-Ultron world like you are so stupid I was hiding under the whole time and it's like no 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 the the world's fucking blown up like (laughs) let's move on Steph what did you feel about uh the 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 appearance of uh Toby Jones reprising his role yeah. so like when the watcher is like yeah the answer is right there and like the answer is not there because it's not gonna work out like this like this computer like this guy that's been in this computer for decades is really gonna be able to come online and do something about Ultron like no that's not gonna like it's not enough cookies not enough malware um that he would have access to, to honestly I haven't seen an Ill- a Zola story this ill-fated since Village East Cinemas on like July something or other Oh boy. Um 
So, no. Uh, I also think that... I think I need to point out is friend of the show, Michael Springthorpe, who was a linguistics major in college, uh, did point out that on, in the files, it's his name is listed as Arnim Zola, but with the R backwards, which just is like, one, Zola is not Russian, so his name would not be in Cyrillic. And also, mm. because that backwards R is not pronounced like an R. It's pronounced like oh. a yeah. So, like, that's just the most lazy-ass, like, oh, fuck, we gotta make this look Russian. Uh, and I just <laughs> turn the R backwards. Like, no, that's not the same letter. Like, that would be like if someone were to be trying to write something in, like, Are you sure it's phonetic? not, like, labeled, like, it, like Andy's toy, just just, like, the bottom of... <laughs> yes, the people at that... Like, a child just, like, wrote that in. Were in that, that stupid. But it'd be like if someone were to be, like, trying to, you know, write a word in English, and it's like, ah... Uh, we gotta, they, and just like turn a B backwards to a D, and it's like, okay, that's uh, the same thing, it's the same shape. But anyway, <laughs> um, that is just a little fun thing. But, um, I don't know, I've no, I can't really do my Chris Evans bit about uh, not having voice actors, because, you know, two of the most prominent characters in the, ep- of the five prominent characters in the episode were not played by the original people, so Chris, you get a pass this time, um, you know, don't, uh, don't make me, d- but next episode where it's probably gonna be Still get too comfortable, people, right? Yeah. Exactly, it's gonna be... I'm gonna be. Pull, I'm gonna pull up the list of uh, <laughs> municipalities in the Boston. What, what is the next episode area. even supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be like the culmination where like everyone from all the different universes comes together and fights. Okay, him. right, right. Uh, if AC was here, he could tell us. But um, you know, his brother's celebrating life is more important. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but no, Steph. Uh, how do you feel about? I I don't really want to do a what if retrospective because I feel like we're all kind of mixed on it. And sure, there's nothing yeah. less interesting than listening to people say like, eh, on a podcast. Um, right. But like, how do you feel about the? How could? How do you want? this to end to like at least make these last two episodes worth it i think they have to bring everybody together from the different universe multiverses or whatever to what is it the guardians of the multiverse or whatever it's called um like i need to see that um in order to like kind of salvage things for me and also just to kind of end on a strong note because if there's going to be a season two then that makes me care about that Um, And also uh, that if we do get some live action stuff, it also makes me care about that too. Um, Yeah, I I, I, like, I need to see that. I need to see Captain Carter. I need to see uh, Star-Lord, T'Challa, evil, both Doctor Stranges, the evil one and the regular one, all of them kind of show up and figure out what they're going to do about Ultron and then not, I don't know, like them not solve that problem at the end of the episode um, of nine, because you're telling me that Ultron is like all powerful. So this should be a continuation. Cause like, if not, then I don't know, like what was all that for? Cause he right. like, he is, he's been traveling through the multiverses trying Cause they to set find... this up in a way like this would be the big bad of yeah. all MCU. Like he had um, the watcher running um, multiverse to multiverse um, trying to hide from him. Which is, because uh, essentially, is that what he was doing? Like, until he found I think so. It's not head. really clear how that, like, multi, the, his viewing chamber works. Um, but, uh, Jeremy, you're saying He's something? in a closet the whole time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tom Cruise is in the closet. He won't come out. Um, I think, <laughs> I love that eye roll, Jake. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think. I think what this first season kind of felt like is if you did phase one and only Avengers mattered. Yeah. Yes. And so, and if, if that were the case, I think, you know, for the most part, we'd all be 
like especially back then, we'd be all be like, "Oh, Avengers is really cool." We'd be really happy, but it just seems like I mean, MCU kind of worked against itself in like doing such great world building and making everything count and matter. And I think this is the case where it feels like they fell fell a bit short of that. And um, and yeah, and like setting themselves up for like what's going to be the payoff out of this? Like of all the seasons and Disney Plus things we've come across, like. This is the one where it's like I cannot fathom how they can like give us either like a satisfying end to this arc or what seems like a good build to go into um the next season or the movie universe because you know like I have a much different feeling come out of, coming out of this or like what I feel like I will come out of this with than I did when I saw, you know, Kang in Loki. Mm-hmm. which I felt like mm-hmm. this is the direction I want to go and this is like the multiverse I want to explore and see what happens there. And so, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, like, I I wonder if the animated world would have actually served better to just exist outside of the MCU and just like have this treated more as just like, what if is literally like, let's just see alternate scenarios and nothing really matters. Like, I think I can... Like, it, it was really hard for me to kind of, like, watch Marvel stuff in a way that was that I was supposed to really treat it independently each episode. But then I'm not supposed to because apparently this is going to connect back anyway. Yeah. So then uh, – but, like, I think if they, like, really held to a conceit of, say, like, hey, these are just, like, you know, we can't tell every story so we're going to have fun with this to tell mm-hmm. other versions of stories we want to tell here. And I think that kind of escapism could have been really fun and – if you didn't connect it back. But, you know, that's not the world we're living in and they're definitely going to connect it back in. So uh, I think I want to just come out of this um, not making uh, Infinity Ultron. I'm just going to keep on making new names for this Ultron. <laughs> sure, sure, um, sure. Because they, they didn't really give him one in that, so. Yeah, Akuma Ultron, like a demon Ultron. I think um, I, I want to hopefully, like, just figure out a way to not make this thing a big deal. Like I, I know it Ultron is yeah. supposed to be a huge deal. I just don't want this Ultron to be a big deal because I think it's di- distracting from everything else at this point. I, I think the problem that they had going into this is that, because we've had a discussion about this a lot on the Discord, um, about like how, you know, with like DC, for example, the animated stuff is always so much better, um, uh-huh. according to people who watch both. Um and, like, people are like, well, why don't they do more stuff that's animated that matters as canon or whatever? And the ultimate problem is that, like, if you do an animated show, the moment that it's an animated show, less people are going to watch it. It's just the fact of the rea- yeah. reality. And I think that they could do the thing you're describing, Joe, much just, like, other stories. But even then, if it's not canon, then it's even less people watching it. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have just done it. I think that there's a part of them where they want to try to make a animated show, like, super, super popular. even Because, like... Everyone talks all the time about, like, the Star Wars, you know, side animated shows. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that at the very most, the, like, the Star Wars Visions or whatever probably has one twenty-fifth of the viewership of The Mandalorian. Sure. And I think that that's kind of the... The thing is, I think that Marvel is afraid to put the MCU label on something that is not essential. And I think that they're kind of... I don't know exactly how to fall in that. Because I understand why they'd be terrified to make something that doesn't connect. Because the moment that they open up the box of this doesn't connect, then people are going to start thinking, oh, I don't need to see this movie. This movie probably doesn't connect. 
And so I understand that trepidation, but I think that they kind of, they can't have their cake and eat it too. They can either have an animated series or they can have a series that connects to everything. They can't really have both, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think, because um, if even, because we're obviously in a version of this where this is supposed to connect and mm-hmm. it still probably won't have the same viewership because to your no, point. No, not even Adam, a little bit. It's not even a little bit. So it's almost like then, in my opinion, treated as like this is for people who want to dive even deeper. I agree. Yeah. Or if you want to like get that viewership, introduce new characters in this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, I feel like that would have helped the series a whole ton. Like Mm -hmm. in each little multiverse, introduce one new character that we're going to see anyway. So Kate, Kamala, like introduce, just introduce them. Yeah. Why not? I think, like, just give us yeah. a little taste. Uh huh. They're simultaneously wanted people to watch it, but were scared that if not a lot of people watched it, they wouldn't be able to follow the rest of the movies. I think is the problem. And, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. The internet exists, though. Like, people will figure it out. I, like, they'll I, either, I, you know. Yeah, but I think the thing is the the reason why I kind of like I also am, I also I could be wrong about this, but I think it's gonna connect less than it actually does like i think you'll have a handful of characters that probably show up in other stuff but like i don't think that the overall arc of this story is going to matter in the live action that much in comparison to other stuff just because they are because i think marvel is pretty good about knowing what people will and won't watch and like i i just don't believe that they're gonna go to the next phase and write movies assuming that everyone knows the details of the what if series like i just know i they're not gonna do that and so i think that they can have stuff like because if you go to see dr strange the multiverse of madness and you see captain carter come out of like a worm like a dr strange you know whatever hole and then you see like i if they could do this unfortunately t'challa as star lord or you know party thor you don't need to see what if to understand oh that's different multiverses of characters you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i think that they don't actually need to make it that essential and i have kind of confidence that they're probably going to do that um but it just kind of feels like oh it feels like they didn't know what they wanted the series to be ultimately um and yeah. so it kind of just feels like it's not it's a lot of nothing right yeah like um kind of in the same like i think it just because we've described it like they just wanted to be all the things like mm-hmm. it wanted to be you know the fan service of just you know because you, you have thing storylines like zombies which mm-hmm. is definitely a thing that you know anyone who's known of it, like, they would be excited to see. And um, and even, like, small things, like, uh, they kind of write or, like, show how powerful Captain Marvel is in a way that we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet, right? Which kind of diminishes because it's animation, so we're just... It's almost just, like, you... Because it's animated, you don't take it as seriously as, like, yeah. it existing live action, but clearly super powered and kind of the go-to answer for every situation like um it almost makes you a little frustrated like captain marvel seems to just show up in every other multiverse um whenever needed and then like really needs to stretch it but i guess like it never gets that bad in the one that we're watching in the movies Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i think it just wanted to be all things at the same time and i think um the early highs of seeing that like just like the concept it just became a lot of diminishing returns where i yeah i found myself watching through and kind of feeling a little aimless of just like okay where what are we getting to right now mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but that said like i would say this is probably one of the stronger episodes of this series oh for sure 
Yeah. And yeah. so, like, to that end, um, like, you're talking about just, you know, you know what? Actually, to answer your original question, because we did just dive back into just the ennui of watching the series. Um, <laughs> I get, like, send the watcher. Like, send the watcher in a direction. Like, yeah. that's the only thing that's going to keep this in any... Because the watcher, too, like, if we're going to talk about it in the larger scale of things, is a celestial? Is that the right term? Like, or on the same level as the internals, right? No, he's on the, he would be along the same line of the celestials. Right, okay. Like, yeah. not, like, on par, but, like, you know. Okay. Yeah. And on that tree. Yeah. So, like, I think you're right. I think he needs to be an active character, which is, of course, mm-hmm. ironic, because that's the thing that's against his whole thing. But, like, right. I think that it's one of those things where when a character starts off anything by talking about his creed and like his the way he lives life if you don't make the tension of the story him either deciding to or not to break that like having that struggle then you're just that's just bad writing in my opinion you know what i mean like and and so the fact that it took till episode eight to make the story about him interfering is i think in hindsight the biggest flaw in the series because jeffrey wright's name appears front front of every one of these episodes and so if you're gonna have them all kind of be connected towards the not end, just na- just like his voice like he exactly it, it's his show exactly and yeah. so like i i think that they could have made him a much more active character because i think that it's an interesting it's an incredibly interesting idea of like if you had the ability to see every universe ever would you try to help people even though you knew that there's always going to be another universe where things are bad like that is an incredibly interesting question one that i would have liked to have broached in some of the more boring episodes yeah because you know like even if they would have started off with him doing like him saying that and then like each episode him doing just a little bit to try mm-hmm. to correct something and making it yeah. worse and then this is how yeah. we get to um you know, Visionator XL. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, don't don't have this character be a plot device for seven episodes and then suddenly turn them into the protagonist in the eighth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly, I, and plot device is a very uh, generous way of saying narrator. Um, right. <laughs> but, but like, I, I think because it's just such an interesting character. Um, and like, when this conversation you had with Doctor Strange in episode four, I think was super interesting. But, like, mm-hmm. and, and once again, like you said, Jerome, the problem is that he comes out of that conversation not having even a dent in the armor of his beliefs. And, like, that's just, like, right. the why, what, because I get why Dr. Strange is having that conversation, but, like, the Watcher is ostensibly the lead of the show. How is he not affected by that conversation? The, the whole Dr. Strange episode is basically what the Watcher should have been going through the whole season. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's like it's it's like there's an old joke where not like a joke but like an old meme where it was like a photo of like a Galapagos tortoise that was like 180 years old uh-huh. and someone like quotes with it with like 9/11 the Holocaust the, this this genocide this to- this tortoise washed and did nothing and we're letting him <laughs> off the hook and it's like that's what I feel like the Watcher is like like come right. on like at a all it took point, was Ultron over 9,000 to make this happen and the, the thing too is that he wasn't gonna do shit until he invaded his own realm you know what I mean like he was yeah. just he was content to wrestle a bunch of universes get destroyed um as long as you know he didn't break into whatever dimension he's in and it's like this guy i think i guess the thing it's, it's i hate to give notes on what a story should be because that's bad <laughs> criticism but it's right. like it's there's such an interesting story to be told of like can you ever is it ever moral moral to just observe in my opinion the answer is no but the fact that the show doesn't broach that at all it's like 
you have a character called the Watcher. Why is that not what this is about? I mean, like, for all of our uh, frustration with this, I feel like we're just going to get that answer in a movie called The Internals. Mm. That's a great point. I mean, yeah, Excellent true. point. That's why I'm excited for that yeah. movie. I think that that's a very interesting question that we all have to wrestle with sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this episode, like I said, was good. I think people in the Discord, I generally felt the vibe was a lot more positive than I felt. I felt like this is probably my third favorite episode of all of them. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying it's their favorite. Um, if that's the case, please let us know on Twitter or in the Discord. What What would be your favorite? Like in term, like you have this as third. So what are your my first favorite? Two? Is definitely still uh, T'Challa. Yeah, um, that's and me then too. probably Doctor Strange, and then this. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. same. Actually, same. Yeah, um, but like in, in the kind of way that like clearly the strongest, but also the only for me personally, only the only ones worth watching in the series. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely <laughs> fair. I mean, I think the Captain Carter one is fun to watch, and I'm excited to see. I'm mean, just like that character as a concept. Like, I think sure, that's an sure. interesting idea. But the episode itself is not really well that well done. Uh, yeah. But I I I think that like ultimately I don't. I don't. I have no malice towards the show, which I think is not why it's so not interesting yeah, to talk about. Um, because yeah. like at least we could complain about the terrible racial politics of Cat of uh, Falcon and <laughs> Right. Right. Uh, but yeah. How would you feel if this series ends with Falcon flying in and doing a speech about wa- just watching or taking action? <laughs> Ultron, you gotta let the Watcher have a seat at your table when you right. decide what universes to destroy. It's okay that you're deciding to destroy universes. I know you you're have sitting to have here at the table. watching everything, but do you really see what's happening? You know what? I would, I would be here for that. I'm surprised that Steph was still be... here through that monologue and didn't just log off the call. No, I mean, because <laughs> how ludicrous. I, I would yeah, have and then Ultron watch. gets the John Walker treatment where they just do a jump cut and he's in like the halls of Congress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're, instead, it's like a giant Chitari uh, ship about to land into a planet, and Ultron like catches it and holds it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird that they didn't introduce. And the watch any is like, new "You're characters. all right by me, guy." They specifically set up top that they weren't going to introduce new characters. Yeah, no, I think that's because, no, yeah, 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 for sure. I think it's because they knew people weren't going to weren't going to watch it, and like I have multiple people in my life. Watch it. I I understand that. Yeah, I think it, it, that. I think that that's just it's a rock and hard place thing because like I think at the same I think it would make more people watch it, but I think that they're concerned, and I gun to my head think that they would be right. The that irony it still is still would like, not be a majority of MCU fans watching. This is a show that should be catered entirely to someone with like the depth of knowledge that Steph would have mm-hmm. about the Marvel universe. And you know what? And it's not even and, no. it, and that's the thing right there. It's not yeah. giving enough um, for even like somebody like me who loves the comic series because i know it's not the same like but it's in the same thing they didn't give enough um i don't know like nuggets and stuff for me to be like yeah mm-hmm. like this series that you know if you're an mcu diehard fan this is one that you gotta have under your belt because there's just a lot of redoing of stories with little tweaks here and there except mm-hmm. for uh the the T'Challa one, even the Doctor Strange one, even though we're getting like a what if, you know, he lost his heart instead, that was still very different. Mm -hmm. Um, And even like, I guess it's Ultron one, but everything else was just kind of, oh, and the zombie one, actually, I would say more so than this episode Mm -hmm. was just something. It was, there was a very like Twilight Zone, Black Mirror uh, idea to this, but it didn't have like the evil turn being the actual consequence of something that was going on before. Absolutely. Yes. You know? By the way, I just want to point out something that um, Carol says to Ultron, something along the lines of, like, 
uh, like stop at Skynet, this robot thing doesn't need a sequel or something like that, which is a ludicrous thing to say because obviously Skynet wasn't introduced until the sequel, so you wouldn't say that. Like that's just stupid, and like I don't know why. I'm not. <laughs> oh, well, um, you know no, what? Jake, that, that's a really good shout out in the sense of just like kind of similar to uh, the uh, Killmonger episode where it's just like there's no way Tony Stark knows what a Gundam is. Just the way they threw in pop culture references was so sloppy no i will say carol did disappear from she was i think around for terminator 2 so no, no, she yeah, was, yeah, that no, that's sense. all there it's, it's just the idea of like i just don't feel like it was as sharp of just like no. here let's just say a thing no i think that calling him skynet is fine because that's what he yeah. is but yeah. like the thing that i hated is that natasha romanoff is a lot of things she is not someone to make a can i give you you need a hand pun like that's just and the fact that clearly right. like you can say it need a hand it's like she that the character that character is gonna say need a hand like what the hell that's not Natasha at all and I'm never one of those people but it's like come on right right yeah. right yeah no, it's just it's like let's be quippy for the sake of being quippy it doesn't matter who the mm-hmm. character is exactly and if you're if you say let's be quibby for the sake of being quibby congratulations you've lost 600 million dollars but anyway <laughs> um just any final thoughts on this episode if the answer is no then we can move right to the close uh, I don't want to because there's nothing worse than saying hey final thoughts and then you're like oh fuck I said everything I was going to say I'm, Jerome, um, the, it, Jerome if the answer is no it is okay no no Do you no have it's, final it's, thoughts it's... <laughs> <laughs> um Jeffrey Wright was fun oh yeah I like that he's able to act now yeah, um, it, it, yeah. Like, it was a fun time of just watching an all powerful being being like oh no no <laughs> like ah shit <laughs> like just just fumble the bag like that was probably the best pure comedy of this whole series of just me like just sitting back the whole time and like eating popcorn and watching like the worst shit happen and then like suddenly be like oh no like just it was uh what did i tell it's um it's joining the zoom call and not realizing your camera was on is just like what happened to him there Mm -hmm. it was like a very relatable experience of just like realizing like you just like staring in and thing and then realizing oh my god i wasn't on mute this whole fucking time yeah it's like it never never occurred to him that of all the bad actors he ever saw rise up in the multiverse that someone would try to come for him like it it never occurred to him yeah yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) and uh and then also to your like giant baby like um because i did i didn't really respond to that it was a very like it is a giant demonic baby um not bad when like all in robes because babies get no i agree robes but like once in like armor hilarious Mm -hmm. yeah that's that was because i kind of noticed it the first few times you saw his head but like it was like okay he's a celestial creature he doesn't have like human proportions but like the proportions are they they and it's fine like i don't mind that he looks like a giant baby that just could be what the watcher looks like but it is it is definitely funny steph any final thoughts um no they, they're the same as jerome's like that was the best part to me is him like sitting there and all of a sudden the 3d stuff he's been watching is oh sorry it's real it's coming to get you he thought he was in a 3d theater turns out he's in a 4d theater um <laughs> yes. but yeah i thought you know the episode like i said every, i said everything i need to say about the episode if you want to share your thoughts please go to patreon.com slash pod. and join our just join our patreon which allows you to go on our discord you also can do such things as listen to our Doom Patrol episode that just dropped. Mm. Uh, talking about the first three episodes of season three. We're going to be covering the rest of the series. We're going to be doing, we have four Spider-Man uh, reviews up of the first, the Raimi trilogy and the first Amazing Spider-Man. And we're going to be doing the Amazing Spider-Man 2. We have some other commentaries coming, some contests, etc., etc., etc. So just join. And actually this Friday, me and some other folks are doing a, having like a game night on the Discord. So uh, join up if you want to, if you want to get to that. But, you know. Another big important thing's coming, more important than this game night, is that our guest, 
Stephanie Williams, has some big stuff around the corner. Tell people where they can get all the exciting stuff coming up for you. Oh, Nubian Amazon's issue one, which I've seen in its glorious entirety, um, is out October 19th. Uh, please pick that up. Um, unfortunately, the cutoff for pre-orders is over because if you all didn't know, um, supply chain shortage, paper is um, kind of scarce. We're moving into our dystopian. So anyway, <laughs> go ahead and pick that up where you can. Um, Comixology, Amazon, your local comic book store. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, also some huge news dropping, I believe on the 6th of October in regards to Nubia and the rest of the Wonder Woman family. So be on the lookout for that. And also DC fandom, some stuff going on too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Support, staff, get that comic wherever you can. Um, and uh, Jerome, what do you got going on? We're going to follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jumby Lime and on Instagram at Black Dragon Roll. And what do I have going on? Um, I don't know. Just chilling out, really. I mean, you got a good look going. You got like, what is that? Like, a, is that a, a sweater? Oh, like this oversized cardigan with like oh, a little card. Yeah, it's giving me fall. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. Oh, that's it. Yeah. If, if, you know, like on the gram, maybe, but like definitely in the fall, like layer season, that's where I'm going to thrive. Oh, mm-hmm. I love yeah. good. I love working with layers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think because like the circles I run in of like, you know, I follow both a lot of comedy people and people in arts and entertainment. I just really don't fit in being a Florida boy who never feels more comfortable <laughs> than in a shorts and a t-shirt. Like I, I hate layers a lot. I don't like wearing cardigans and sweaters. So like, it's really just not great for me. But uh, you can follow me. At I, I think. I think. I think you need to. You know what? Maybe we should talk about just how we can incorporate like new season Jake. I understand that, and it's not like I haven't tried. Like I've lived in New York as an adult. Of course, for a while. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just, You're right like, at it the just... heart of like really making that look work. I know. I, I think it's, I don't think it's that I look bad necessarily. It's I just hate the feeling of wearing a lot of clothes. Like that's more of it. Like I, I when you grow up in Florida and you literally like I've said before, other than I will days keep the I... t-shirt, keep the shorts, but just one infinity scarf. Oh, great, great idea. <laughs> Uh, but no, like when you grow up in Florida, where I, I once said that other than days I had to like dress fancy, I wore pants to school once in all of high school. Just every right, other right, And so it's like right, you just right. get used to that. And it's like, I don't want any fabric on my legs. I don't want fabric on my arms. Anyway, but you can follow me at the J Christie where I will, uh, you know, tweet observations about how much I hate the cold. No, I won't. I don't do that that much anymore. I used to when I first got back up here. Oh. And for listening to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monk, and where me and Andre Bear talk about the OC Network original series Monk, uh, we're like, I still on the back, the home stretch, uh, recording an episode later tonight. Um, so you're getting on that. And like I said, just rave you subscribe to the show, share it with your friends, um, and like let us know what you want to see uh, coming up. If there's when we have downtime, uh, we're probably going to be doing a mailbag about what if and other stuff coming up uh, after it's over. Um, but and yeah, so just like I said, join the Patreon because we got a contest going where. Uh, People can submit their own pitches for a what if episode and whatever one we like the most. Well, we'll pick finalists and then whatever gets voted on the most will win a uh, Marvel Cinematic University T-shirt uh, for free, and that's like a twenty-three-ish dollar value. So technically speaking, if you sign up, you're getting a free T-shirt. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, with all that being said, for Jerome Chang, for Stephanie Williams, I've been Jay Christie. Have a good one.